You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Couldn't have shot him six times. You think I'm lying, Sheriff? I think you missed him. No man could take six slugs. I've told you this isn't a man. Look out, slow down. Why? I don't know. Get back. Run. Go on, run. Move it. Get back. Get back, you kids. Run. Move it. Stop. Get out of it. Move it. Stop. Stop. Shoot. see what he's doing here in Haddonfield. He killed one sister 15 years ago. Now he's trying to kill the other. Turn this car around now. I can't do that. I've got orders. Those orders just change. What does you fellas usually do? Fire a warning shot, right? Get away from him! But he stopped breathing. No! It's time, Michael. Welcome to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and today, back on the stage, is my good friend, Brandon Zachman. Brandon, it has been a while. How are you? Trying to trying to finish my endgame. I made my list, and uh, I'm just trying to knock all the all the mess I need off of it for now. The endgame, okay. What? Um, I'm curious now. What, what does that look like? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a list of about 16, 16 masks, um, and just pretty much what I like the most that's out right now. Um, obviously, it's always changing when new stuff comes up, and uh, you know, especially lately, there's been a lot of new sculpts, I feel like. I don't know if there's more people getting into it. Um, so it's, it's still pretty fluid, but uh, I've got a good chunk of it already ordered. There's one thing I'm waiting on that you just unveiled. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, as we're recording this, I just posted up the uh, the new big Mofuga, which uh, I can't wait someday to to cover the resurrection mask in, in long form because I dropped a lot of little nuggets on you that you didn't even know about. Yeah, so, had no idea. I mean, yeah. the, the the resurrection movie is not the best, but. The mask is is pretty sick. Oh, absolutely! It's definitely one of my favorite uh, masks in the entire franchise. I, I think it goes H one, H two, then it goes H six, 
Then it goes H8, um, believe it or not. And then right after that uh, is H2O. Um, the H2O mask and the H8 mask, pretty... I, I wouldn't say they're alike, but they were meant to be similar, and you can definitely see that. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. We actually have, like, that's, that's the same list as me, um, as far as my order goes with it. I used I, I did I was a little high on the new mask for a while, but now I'm kind of sick of it. So uh, it definitely dropped. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, man. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I was really looking forward to having you on for the H six uh, mistake episode. Uh, our schedules did not line up, which I which I addressed on on that episode. Uh, I was really, I've been really pleased with the numbers of that episode. It's been uh, very positive, which, you know, any H6 episode that we've done in the past has, uh, has been astronomical numbers. So um, I'm starting to see a trend with that, which is kind of funny uh, because as polarizing as that movie is, people love to hear stories about it. And it's, uh, it's, that's always just fascinated me. It's crazy. Cause it's like, I feel like I always got shit for, you know, being an H6 fan and saying, you know, it was my second favorite movie beyond the original. And um, now it seems that there's all these like closet H6 fans that have just kind of been hiding out waiting for podcasts to listen to about it. Yeah, it's um, it's odd because like um, I I've gone back, I've listened to um, and I usually I usually really get into the H six spirit and vibe, uh, late August, early September, every single year, never, ever fails. And I think it has to go back with that story. I've told a couple times now, uh, being 17, doing my Spanish homework and catching the very end of that trailer on the TV. Um, and then realizing that there was a new Halloween coming out. And, uh, since that was my first Halloween in, in theaters and it looking as rustic and old and uh, Celtic as it, as it did like just the atmosphere alone, just, just the vibe and the overall trailer uh, leading up to that. I don't know. Every single year it's been like that uh, when it came out in 95, 24 years for the last 24 years, it's been that way for me. Uh, every August, September, I get this real big H six rush and um yeah, it's just uh, it's one of those things where um, I went back, listened to a few podcasts uh, of people, and people are always bashing it and talking about all the problems and um, what a shit movie it was. But I'm like, you guys don't even understand what what made it great. I understand that it's not good from a from a storytelling point of view. It's a mess in both both versions, but there's enough material in there that. Um, is very, very, uh, interesting. And that, like I said, you know, I don't think there's been a Halloween that's come out that can touch it in terms of the atmosphere and the tone that it set. Exactly. The atmosphere is like, I know people love to rave about Halloween four and you know how the vibe it had, but I feel like it was, you know, it was amazing in the, in the intro and then it's kind of lost during the film, but Halloween six just has that, that fall feeling. I don't know if it's the, you know, the nineties wardrobe with the, with all the flannel and stuff like that, but there's just something about the atmosphere of that movie that just like, I feel like when I watch that movie, I could smell the leaves and everything. It just sets the tone for the whole film that uh, I feel like hasn't really been captured in any other Halloween movie outside of the original. Agreed. 
And um, that's one thing I, I definitely will uh, give the new 2018 movie credit for, is I, I really felt that from a tone perspective, they at least got that right because they were filming during a colder part of the year. But still, that still pales in comparison to the atmosphere in Halloween 6. So um, I think, uh, and and again, this isn't a Halloween 6 episode, just kind of backtracking since that <laughs> episode came out this week. But, um, you know, the, the fact is they started filming on uh, Halloween in Salt Lake City, Utah in 1994. Um, and they were already starting to in an in, in early freeze that year, which uh, kind of hampered a little bit of the production. George Wilbur busted his ass uh, crossing the street on uh, a little uh, patch of ice that was uh, there on the street. But you could definitely tell it's nice and brisk and cold and uh, wet and dreary and everything that you would want a movie that uh, has a homicidal maniac serial killer in it to be that i mean visually it matches up and checks every box as far as i'm concerned exactly and and the soundtrack is my favorite from the entire probably the entire franchise as well just because I, I love the the 90s grunge era like uh something about the music just like gives me chills absolutely i mean i'll take the producer's cut soundtrack for the most part but if you could take the entire producer's cut soundtrack and uh pretty much um, add the stock theme from the theatrical cut into the producer's cut, I'd be set. Oh, yeah, it'd be perfect. All right. Well, that's enough of all of that. Um, what are we here to talk about today? Well, the the people of the group have spoken, and I, I figured this was going to be the, the winner, but we're talking about the Cemetery Gates production, uh, Warlock, Sorry, the most popular, quote unquote, independent mask of all time. And this is uh, this is uh, from everything I understand. This is your favorite mask ever, ever made. <laughs> I, di- I didn't know if I was going to get into uh, my personal feelings. I knew it was going to be a matter of time. Um, yeah, yeah. Love, love the mask. <laughs> Got it. You you still fighting off that cold from the last time we we did an episode? <laughs> yeah, it suddenly just came back. It's weird. My AC must be cranking too high. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, AIDS uh, AIDS act up a couple times a year, so uh, apparently you're still battling. <laughs> All right. So um, you know, you went as as always, and you uh, you researched all this. Um, what did you come up with, and what can we dive into now? For the record. Brandon didn't tell me anything that he was researching. His job was just to go out and find as much information. And I figure uh, the less I know beforehand what you're going to talk about, the more authentic it will be. This is the way we've done each and every single one of our episodes. And I'm not sure about you, but I think think the audience uh, really enjoys that aspect when you and I get together. Yeah, I think it's better to not even discuss it at all beforehand, just to kind of keep it, you know, our reactions as authentic as possible. Absolutely. All right. So what did you find and what can we cover today? So, um, well, obviously there's a lot of uh, conflicting reports when it comes to this mask, but um, the official story is that 
it was uh, it was a collaboration between Terry Lambert, who obviously runs some uh, CGP, um, between him and Dick Warlock, who uh, I know that he supplied signed um, COAs with all the the original masks, um, and it was it was so popular because it was quote unquote sculpted with the the look of Dick Warlock's head in the mask, which really hadn't been done at the time. Um, so it ended up becoming what I, I don't know if, is this a hundred percent certain that it's the best selling independent mask of all time? Um, I think at this point in time, I think um, it, it definitely stands the test of time as far as uh, of all time, including 2019. I don't know if you can still say that, but uh, I I also don't know that you can't say that either. I mean, uh, I know yeah. I know for a fact from a mutual friend of Terry and I's that uh, that had kind of a an inside scoop. Um, told me that the guy used to get uh, almost 300 emails a day uh, on that mask, and that's back when they were selling for. Between three seventy five and four seventy five, depending upon the copy and this and the style. And um I got offered a few years ago, I got offered the proto that I always thought was an outstanding copy. I got offered that a few years ago by somebody that lived over in Deltona, which is about forty five minutes from me. And uh I met up with them and um I saw it, loved it. It was just as good in person as it was uh and those original CGP pictures that was put out to promote it. But uh, I just wasn't going to pay $1,500 for a, for a Warlock. I don't care if it was the first pull of the of the mold or not. I wasn't paying $1,500 for a Warlock. Uh, definitely can't blame you on that one. Um, so uh, he had two different editions. He had the, the regular edition, um, which obviously was made to replicate the, the, the hero in the second film. But then he also had the Sandman edition, which has always been interesting to me because it's like the, the blonde hair and the really um, like muffed up grimy finish, um, which I know I believe sold for more. Um, yep. I know now they're pretty, like they're pretty rare. And uh, so you see them pop up on eBay for like $500 every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, I think it's a neat concept. I just never really understood it because, uh, especially back then, like I saw Sandman edition, and I'm looking at that. I'm like, I, I don't see a spot in the film where it has bright blonde hair like that and just brownish brownish flesh tones covering three quarters of the face. And but people people loved it, and I mean, who who am I to argue with the success of it? It's just I never really understood it. And that's just me. And still to this day, I still don't understand it. No, I remember my first like reactions when I saw the, the Sandman, I, 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 it was kind of the same thing. I was like, like, it looks, it looks kind of cool, but like, why, you know, um, I didn't understand the premise behind it, but you know, it, it's, it's popular. And so if someone else liked it, that's perfect for them. I just, just always threw me off as to what the purpose of it was. Um, but yeah, he had, uh, the, I know the original versions go for a lot more money now, um, than the newer ones. And I know he used to have a, 
he used to have a large mold that was up to 25 inches. Um, I think I owned one of those once. Um, I owned it for about three weeks and then I sold it. Um, I actually went to New York comic con in it. Uh, but the, the older versions are, are much more valued than they are now. I know, I think he sells them now for two fifty, I believe, but it's kind of email only kind of thing, which is smart. And, um, I think, uh, every collector out there could, could take a little, uh, lesson um in various groups that we're both in that uh, just go out publicly and start divulging all this information you know the the independent myers community or collecting scene in general has always been very Im- ambiguous and um i really think that uh instead of just divulging everybody's pricing and information and availability it needs to go little more underground like it used to be and i'm i'm not going to sit here and turn it into why it should go underground but i'm sure people can understand where i'm going with that oh yeah absolutely um it seems i usually don't even like when people message me asking how much i I paid for something i i hate doing it i always deflect and be like oh just email them email like people ask me all the time oh how much did you pay for you know your gpw how much did you pay for your curse how much did you pay just message them. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, so, so, the, um, I, be, before we, uh, move on to something, I, I wrote a little note here to ask you. Um, okay. you said that there was a collaboration between him and Dick Warlock and that was a, that was originally, was it there some sort of something? I, I seem to recall that, some people starting some shit uh, with him saying that his involvement wasn't real or something. See, that's where it kind of turns into he said, she said. Um, exactly. Okay. Let's just, let's just move it, along. Yeah. <laughs> um, well now to like the origins, this is where it kind of gets a little, a little more of the, he said, she said, um, I've, heard a lot of people claiming that it was a stuffed and then recast nightmare man 78. Um, do you know any, anything about that? I've, I've heard that too, but, um, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I understand things can be retooled and different things, but to me, it just, it just doesn't look like a, a nightmare man 78, but, not saying that's not possible with some uh, clay press and, and, and retooling. Um, but even if it is, okay, let's just hypothetical and say that what they say is 100% factual. I do know that mm-hmm. there was a collaboration going on where there was a mold exchange going on with the, you had a CGP night nightmare man, 78 being produced there for a little while. Like he had the mold for, for quite a while it was a collaboration. Justin was getting some sort of kickbacks from it. And that way he didn't have to finish masks. Uh, Terry was the popular guy at the time, all this shit. Um, so just, and again, this is hypothetical and this is, you know, I, I want everyone to understand that, I don't know this to be a fact. I can only comment on my dealings with Justin. 
and what I know that his dealings with other people have been that when you start to see it two or three times that you can sort of kind of say that this is part of the realm of possibilities on what could have happened. So I just want to lay that out there before I state this, because by no means do I know for a fact that this, what that this happened, but I know from my own personal interaction, um, that when he was going to send me, uh, his night owl six mold for me shutting down the night stalker, I do know for a fact that he was totally cool with shipping me a mold for me to make a master, for me to produce masks, etc., etc. Now, if I ever wanted to retool that because I had the mold and had a master at that point, could I have done it? Sure. But that's where when you start getting into that gray area of, well, if he didn't want me producing that, why did he send me a mold? Um, mm. So... Is it potentially something that they worked out maybe initially of, hey, I'll throw you some kickbacks if I can do this, and he was fine with it? I don't know. But at the same time, I'm just letting you know that he was more than willing to take kickbacks on the H6 that I was going to produce of his at one point. Um, So the way I look at it is there could be a potential there that Hey, when when Terry's warlock blew up, I mean blew up. Let's face it, it just skyrocketed. People went crazy. Yeah, there was nothing like it at the time. Exactly. So, is it of the realm of possibilities if that was retooled from a master or a mold or a clay press of the Nightmare Man seventy eight that they collaborated on already? Is it of the realm of possibilities that Justin got his asshole tight? tight about it because now all of a sudden Terry's considered the man and the warlock is the forefront and the focus and the nightmare man 78 or the psycho isn't very possible because I can only speak from, from me that when the nightmare slash night stalker was, was out there, but not really producing a whole lot from other artists. Like, let's be honest, that thing has been thrown around more times than a streetwalker. So, you know, the, the, the point being is there was numerous artists that produced different variations of that mask. And not one time did he go after them as hard as he did but as soon as the Night Stalker got popular and people were coming to WMP and AHG was converting them and all these other artists were getting their hands on, on, on copies and people were just making threads, Night Stalker versus Nightmare Man 78, it really chapped his ass. And he told me point blank that he did not like uh, the fact that he had to compete against his own mask. And I'm like, well, you didn't sculpt it. Uh, Bill Bill Malone did. So, do I think that there's some e- some butt hurt ego hurt stuff there going on? I think that there's a a lot of that potential there, just based on my dealings with the with the man himself. I mean, that's kind of what my takeaway was. That I always kind of take anything you see, especially in message boards and stuff like that, with a grain of salt because. You know, obviously, there's a history of these these kind of witch hunts that 
you know, Justin has gone on where he accuses people of stealing his mask or whatever. Um, but I've never really seen Terry come out with a rebuttal. Um, Why should he? I, 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 <laughs> Dude, I, mean, I mean, he's just sitting there saying, uh, making hundreds of masks and collecting his money. But exactly, and y- you know, you you don't see me comment on much anymore. It was like after the whole Ben 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 Valet's H six thing that you took some heat for as well for defending me. But it yeah. was it was after that because whether you believe he and I'm not talking about you specifically I'm talking about people listening to this whether people believe that he recasted that six and believe the story I put out or not I did the right thing regardless of what anybody's personal feelings are against me or anything if you look at the situation in black and white I did the right thing I did the absolute right thing I didn't say anything that was untrue I I presented factual evidence i didn't slander the guy i just got to the point where i got really sick and tired of him being put up on this pedestal and um everybody was trashing me but i'm going wait here's a known recaster over here just recasting and retooling shit non-stop in the same people that claim that i'm the biggest prick that's ever walked the face of the earth and that i am this bad guy and I'm getting slandered by these by these same people are best buddies with him and backing him. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I did yeah. the right thing. I did the right thing. But I also look at it, it was after that when uh, people that I had never spoken to ever in my life or dealt with me or anything started jumping in that thread and just recently this week, not sure if you saw it or not, when uh, Drew Nichols commented on uh, Lawrence May's post about my ghost, um, he came right out and said that people over there told him to stay away from me, and that's why he was rude to me. So they do that. So my 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 end thing, the point I was going to with this is... I've become a lot more like Terry where I'm just like, you know what? Nothing I say is going to help the situation regardless if I am doing the right thing or if I'm saying the right things or not. Everything is going to be under a microscope when you rebut anything. So I've gotten to the point where I'm like, look, I'm going to just, I'm not going to attack anyone. I'm going to attack the situation. But for the most part, I'm going to I'm going to stay back and just watch. You know, cuz enough people know the truth that I really don't have to say anything. So, yeah, which makes sense. It's it's, it's it's like it's like talking politics on Facebook. It's just you it's just a bunch of people chasing each other's tails and it just doesn't get anywhere. Right. And and Terry's playing it uh and and this is me praising him the way he handles it cuz no matter what said, he's like fuck it, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm not saying this because I haven't talked to him. I mean, like, he and I don't talk. But his attitude is like, fuck, I don't care. I'm going to sell 25 Warlocks uh, in the next few months. I don't give a shit what anyone says because nothing I say is going to help my sales. It's only going to hurt me. So I'm just going to stay out of it, let everyone make up their mind. People are still talking about me. So I don't care. It's free publicity. <laughs> publicity yep. Exactly. Yep. So who cares? I'm not going to yeah, change no, anybody's no opinion. No pressure is bad press. Exactly. So, 
anyway, that's, you know, to make a long story or a short story, a short answer long, uh, you know, yeah, you commented that he just, he's never come out and defended it again. Why should he? He's he's going to sell them no, no matter what, whether it's true, whether it's not true. People are talking about him. People are if people like the mask enough, they're going to they're at least going to message him and try to inquire about it. Which I mean, there's, he still you'll see him pumping out these things nonstop still. So people still are uh, still don't care. It doesn't matter either way. He's still uh, he's still cranking these things out by the by the truckload. Yep, exactly. But, um, I know that you you did a uh, did you do a collaboration with with Terry with the 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 Nemlock. No, um, and that's, yeah, let's go ahead and let's, let's cover that. The, um, the Nemesis, which was first on the scene from CGP that had, the Nemesis was before the Warlock, but the Nemesis, yeah. the, the, the uncle, the, the George P. Wilbur for the fear, the Warlock, mm-hmm. whatever, it all originates from that original Nemesis. So once once I knew that, I mean, once I knew that and I bought the Nemesis Master, I I pretty much said, well, I want to make my own Warlock, so I'll just stretch this thing out. And then, of course, uh, my wife had sculpted in kind of like H2 eyes into it, added that little um, bump on the inside corner of the of the proper right eye um, up towards the top of the bridge of the nose there. And when she did that, I molded it and I was like, well, it's not a nemesis anymore. It's, it's never going to be a warlock. So I just combined both names and that's how, that's how that was born. Uh, all right. That makes sense. Um, I didn't know that. The information out there is a very, uh, this is very uh, cohesive. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, by the way, I'm not I'm not downing uh, the fact that he um, retooled and made the fear and made the made the warlock and made the uncle and all the and, and all the other variations off, which was also the star date seventy eight as well, which was uh, his uh, CGP's original Kirk. That was off. That that was just the nemesis with the Kirk eyes put in it. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying he did anything wrong. I just you know, I think it's cool that he's gotten so many so much mileage out of an original uh, master that sold quite well back in two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. That's that's what kind of baffles me is the longevity of it. Is just like with the warlock, people new people today coming to the hobby now are still looking at a a, a mold from a decade plus ago and still eat it up as much as ever. And I, I don't think I've ever seen that with any other mask. Cause usually the, you know, all the H ones, the old ones, the only one that really people still go nuts for is the four stamp for whatever reason. Um, but th- I think that's the thing that's most impressive. While I may not agree with it, I think that it's gotta be telling for the mask itself. Right. So like, I mean, the way I kind of look at it is when it, when it came out, you know, there was nothing like it. It was, it was 
amazing. It's it's kind of like when you play a video game. How I look at playing SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, back in you know '03. It was amazing at the time. The graphics were great, this and that. But I look at it now, and I'm just like, I just don't see how people still think it's. You know, I see a lot of people today say it's the best H2 ever made, and still is. And I just feel like so much has surpassed it at this point. Yet sure. there's something that I love about it. Sure, and you know, this is you know that that came out in an era when it was all about like any independent Myers mask was sculpted as a Myers first, and then when people started getting into the Kirk replicas and the replicas started being, um, or I'm, I'm sorry, the, the conversion artists started converting Kirks into Myers. That's when I started to see like masks like the Sam Hain and the nemesis and the warlock and, and even the nightmare for the most part start to lose some of its steam because of the fact that now you had people's minds being changed of, wow. Yeah the original mass started from a 1975 Captain Kirk. It makes sense that if you can nail the Kirk, you can nail the, nail the Myers look. So that's always kind of been um, the thought process of why everybody wants to do a Kirk and try to get the Kirk right, which not many people have. Um, but at the same time, again, if you nail the essence of the Kirk, you're going chances are you're going to nail the Myers with ease part one and part two. So when you started seeing that started to happen um, with various artists coming out, converting those, you started seeing the, the, the straight, the straight, um, the straight sculpts that were already there. You started seeing that uh, going away and being less popular. Yeah. Um, I just I don't know the, the the warlock to me just looks extremely bloated, and I feel like it's missing that you know the detail and the character that you kind of see on screen. Um, I mean, some people love the way it looks because you know it, it has that you know quote unquote warlock stretch, but I think there's something about looking at a nice like the 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 DP. I think makes a great H2 stuff like that, or, or like a 75 K old mold converted to an H2. I feel like there's just something that captures that the warlock just doesn't quite nail. And look what you just uh, said, you know, those, those examples you just gave backs up my point of you got people that either have variants of original pieces of original Kirk's somewhere in there, or they did a life cast, but you know, the DP, the 75K, they are Kirk's first and then converted into Myers. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of just backs up my point of once, once the Kirk started coming out and the Kirk started becoming accurate, when people started casting like the, the Billy Kirkus, um, casting of the 75 for the nightmare. And then you had, this, uh, like the 75K and the 98 Proto come from the original 98 prototype. Um, and you started having really accurate um, lineage to the original 75 is really when you started seeing that some of these straight Meyer sculpts 
uh, couldn't compare. And that's not a knock against straight sculpts. It's just that's literally that's what happened. Which it's kind of funny because that's been that's been the rave for you know the last ten years or so. But now what I'm noticing is, and this is a little off topic, is all of a sudden there's a, a renewed interest in these sculpts with the stretches cast back in. Like oh, right now, the, the cackle stretch is is everyone's doing them. It's yeah. it's I haven't seen you know, this many artists tackling one look at the exact same time like this in a while. There's, um, there yeah, was what this caused sculpt. that. I mean, it, it's I like, have, it, there's like four it artists doing night. it right now. Yeah. There, there was one that kind of set the, the Myers net board on fire that people were claiming was an April fool's prank. And then it ended up, it, they, they showed a video where they carved on real in the, in the sculpt and, you know, showed it, you know, doing a 360 and whatnot, and people were going nuts over it. That was the the most action I'd seen on a post in there in a long time. And then now, um, Nick Nico Stresios is is doing one, um, modeled off that one picture. And then there's another company coming out that just brought the old um, that obscure castle sculpt back to life. They're producing it now, and it's just like all of a sudden, everyone's just eating up the 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 stretch mask. Personally, I, I don't like any stretch mask at all. That's you know that's one of the reasons I never liked uh, the Lee Romare stab uh, mask. I, I don't like any mask with the stretch built in because I'm I'm of I'm of the belief that let's just say for instance you've got an already naturally long head, okay? Yeah. And let's say that you get one of these castle stretch masks and let's just say that the face is a little shorter than your head is long. It's going to, it's already going to take that stretch and make it even worse. So therefore what's the point of the stretch, you know? And it's like, you just, you just made it look worse by doing that. If you're getting it for just a straight display piece and never going to wear it. Great. But you and I both know if you're going to spend that much money on something, you at least want to put it on. And take some pictures with it. And so I just can't wait to start seeing some of these pictures. And and (laughs) I don't don't mean to be a dick, but I'm just being honest. Where I'm just going to roll my eyes and go, oh, my God, you know, please take that thing off. You know, it doesn't fit you right. (laughs) You know, there was reasons why the H2 mask looked the way it did on Dick Warlock. There's a reason why it looked the way it did on Nick Castle. You know, a seventy-five Kirk wasn't built with a with a stretch either sideways or long uh, to fit those properly. They were just a natural mask, and the way they wore it stretched those features to that to that degree. So that's my belief, and that's what I believe it it should be. And it's like again, nail the look of the seventy-five. Everything else should come natural. Exactly. Then you could stuff it and pull off whatever look you want, as opposed to kind of being pigeonholed into the one. Um, I I flirted with the idea of maybe getting one of these stretch masks and just making a bust out of it for something I'm not going to wear. Because um, with my fat head, my head's way too horizontal to ever pull off that look. So if I put on one of those stretch masks, I, I would look absolutely asinine. <laughs> so I'm not even worried about whether or not it would fit. 
I've just thought about maybe busting one, but so yours. So yeah. so if you were able to get it on, you would look. You would look like an H2 mask with a H1 stretch in it. And, yeah, that would look very odd. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It would be like this tweener not really knowing what's going on kind of kind of look. But, see, that's why I like with an H1, I like to get a, like a 25-inch mask because it gives me a little space. I don't quite pull off McCastle. I could get like a little bit of Tommy Lee Wallace in the closet scene. Um so that's kind of the look I go for when I buy an H1, just because I don't have a long face and I have a, a fat head. You know, I've got juicy temples and it's kind of, you know, I, I I can only make do with what I got. So I always go for the Tommy Lee Wallace look. And then when I buy a, a, an H2, I just go like a little small and then my head naturally stretches it wide. Um, I showed you the old 2K that I owned Um and I thought about seriously getting it rehauled to an H2 because when I put it on, it looked like Dick Warlock. It it was crazy. Um, but at the end of the day, I just couldn't justify sabotaging the value by converting it again to an H2. Um, but yeah, that's why I definitely prefer, you know, those non-sculpted looks. But going back on the track, do you think that you're going to see some now with all this renewed interest in the, the castle stretch, do you think you're going to see anyone try and take the mantle of creating a, maybe a more accurate warlock stretch? Um, I think it's highly possible. I mean, it's, uh, we're, you know, nothing in this hobby that I think everything in this hobby is very silical. I mean, there was a time period where, where, where the warlock was not popular at all. And then all of a sudden, um, couple really nice look looking copies come back to life and then all of a sudden everybody's got this renewed interest in the warlock and you know the h6 popularity was nothing for a long time and then all of a sudden last year i had like 30 people contact me about one and i'm going what the hell like where did all this interest in the h6 suddenly come from i haven't made one in probably three four years and now all of a sudden everybody wants one you know, so um, it's it's entirely possible, and I think once one artist does it, it's going to be monkey see, monkey do, and just Which like is very prevalent. Exactly, and that's exactly what happened with this castle um, deal. Some one artist saw it and said, "Well, I could do better than that guy," and so they went and did theirs. And then the next guy's like, "Well, I can do better than that." And so then it's again monkey see, monkey do, and it's a it's a tree pissing contest. Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially with the publicity, I think, that that original scope that was on the MyersNet board got, you know, it really got everyone talking. And then now all of a sudden you're seeing some of the big name guys really putting them out. And uh, it's very much monkey see, monkey do in this hobby. And that, like you said, with the H6 and stuff, it's, it's weird how it kind of ebbs and flows. Like people focus on one thing for a while and then that's that's the hot thing people buy them up by the boatload and then it moves on to the next big thing and then everyone wants that it's 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 very weird yep it really is and i i don't even know what board you're talking about i've i've never heard of that board before um so it must be <laughs> it must not be very relevant <laughs> it's everyone's favorite board not mine <laughs> I can't blame you there. Um, but what, I, I haven't asked you, what are your thoughts on 
the the warlock? Um, it's really hard for me to say anything bad about it. I don't share the same perspective that you do. Um, I've I've worked on on several of them. Um, it came out during a time I was away from the hobby, and then when I came back, um, it was onto the Kirk Kirk conversion. So um, I was a little bit on the backward side of it, but I still recognized its its place, and I definitely think it has its place. And there's uh, there's some copies that are extremely standout copies. There's certain there's certain copies that I've seen uh, overhauled that look really good. I there's certain copies that I've seen done by Terry in the last couple of years that looks really really good. Um, but overall, I I think what it really boils down to is. Um, whether someone loves it or hates it, the ultimate, I, I, I don't think anybody either a would mind having one in their collection, uh, or has had one in their collection at one point over the years. Uh, but I think it all boils down to people are going to make their judgment, whether they like it or they don't based on their personal feelings or their friends, personal feelings on the guy who makes them. That's that's my take on it, but uh, I, can, I I don't I don't have any issue with it personally. See, I I owned it, and it's funny because I don't know if it's because I'm like a, I'm a stickler, and I I can be a bit of like a a perfectionist with my mask, where I really you know I I, I eyeball every detail. But when I I wore it to New York Comic Con, um, this was last year. I had I bought a warlock. Cause I was just kind of like, you know what? I want to own one. You know, it's obviously it's one of the more popular masks that ever was produced, um, in the independent scene. So I wanted to own one. So I bought one. Um, it was an older copy. The paint had kind of yellowed a little bit, but you know, it, it, it looked decent. Um, and I wore it to New York comic con and my wife was livid. Cause I swear I couldn't walk three feet without getting stopped for a picture. Every, I must have taken 250 pictures in a span of a few hours. Um, people tell me, you know, that's the best Myers cosplay I've ever seen, this and that. And it was like almost head scratching me. Like it was cool, but it was like, I feel like I look like crap. But I guess to the casual fan, it's that's what they see on screen. And so I was, I had artists having me take pictures with their, their Mondo prints that they made and their merchandise and stuff like that. And I've, I've cosplayed for years um, and have never had even a fraction of that kind of reaction to a, a costume I was wearing. So, I mean, there's definitely something there that, that definitely stands out to people. Sure, sure, ab- absolutely. And um, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, too. Um, is, for instance, like, you know, some people that heard my last statement probably will think, huh, what does he mean by that? You know, and I... I just want to clarify it by putting you on the spot here. Um, What I meant was, you know, the overall true opinion on whether someone really likes it or really doesn't comes down to the person who makes it. So let me ask you this. You take your, your George P. Wilbur that I did for you and you go to a convention that has a lot of those assholes that don't like me there. And you don't mention at all who did it. What would your what would the common consensus be if you showed that thing off? 
oh, people would people would be floored by it. Okay. And then they say, who did it? And then you say, well, Chris Morgan did it. Then, then what would happen? I've already, I've had that happen many times already. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just proves I, my I point. People pictures of my collection, like, holy shit, what H six is that? And I'm like, a WMP GPW six series, and they're like, oh. And it's just yep. kind of like, eh, I know exactly what you're, what you're getting at, but I don't care, man. People love it until they find out who it is, but that doesn't fucking matter to me at all. And again, you know, what I said earlier, Drew Nichols just proved this week that those people influence people's minds to think a very specific way. And that's that's very unfortunate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've I've had people message me about some of my masks from you and kind of like be like almost like scared to do it. Like it's like you're like Lord Voldemort, you know, and I just don't understand it because so many people just go off what they hear about someone rather than actually trying to to get some sort of truth in the, from their for themselves, you know, and that just bothers me. And nobody has any balls, really. I mean, yep. it's like at the end of the day, I'll be damned if somebody's going to tell me who I can and can't be friends with or who I can and can't comment on publicly. You know, it's like if if you do if if you feel that scared to what a group of people, a group of just dirtbag assholes are going to tell you what you can and can't do. You got bigger problems than me or Terry or anybody else. You just got problems period because you don't have any balls. You can't stand up for yourself. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I've said this before and I'll definitely say it again. You know, uh, some people call me an asshole. Some people call me a sweetheart. I say, believe both of them because I treat everybody equally. <laughs> accordingly i should say which i mean there's nothing wrong with that you're you're yourself and that's something that i always really respected about you you don't give a fuck what people think and i'm kind of of the same cloth where I, you know i don't i don't try to hide away so i can be more popular with the cool kids i keep my circle very small in this hobby and i care less what you think about who i hang out with or who i talk with or you know who i like to do business with because I'm going to do what, what I like, and if you don't like it, you don't have to like me. I don't care. Block me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> exactly. And I, I've heard people criticize me like left and right. Well, he blocks people that doesn't agree with him. No, that's not true. It's just you hang out with a bunch of people that brought a lot of uh, strife and drama and bullshit to my life. And if you hang out with that crowd, I'm sorry. If that's the type of company you keep, I really don't want you on my page, so get the fuck out. You know, and that's, I'm sorry, that's just yeah. the way I, that's the way I feel. Now, one person that ha, that has judged me has had to walk in my shoes. Just like mm-hmm. you as a person in your house, you have your own struggles. I've never had to walk in your shoes. I've never had to walk in the guy down the street's shoes. So who the fuck are you to judge me about the way I choose to live my life to eliminate bullshit or potential bullshit or two-faced stuff just by the fact that I've blocked somebody because I don't want anybody coming in my house. You know, another example, you know, I'm not sure if you're like this or not, but I'm like this. I don't know who's, who lives around me. I really don't, you know, and if at night, if I decide to drop my blinds and, and close the blinds, why do I do that? It's not because I have anything against the neighbor or the person uh, next to me. It's because, you know what? 
I don't want anybody fucking looking at my house if, if, if I don't want them to. You know, you weren't invited in here, so why should you have a free reign to see exactly everything that I'm doing when I don't even know you? Yeah. My house, my rules. Makes complete sense. All right, so enough of that. Back on to the subject of the day because people probably get tired of hearing that. So keep, <laughs> it, keep it moving. I will say this, and this is me putting Terry over, and this is nothing against any artists, including myself, but I think I think every artist that has their own mask, not not everybody, but some, there's some artists when they do their mask, I don't care how great another artist is, they just can't quite nail a specific look or bring out the best in it. And I think Terry gets everything he possibly can out of that mask when he does them. Because I've seen um, multiple artists try to put a very modern spin on that sculpt, and it doesn't look good. You know, it it just doesn't complement that sculpt well. I think the way Terry does it um, complements that sculpt in that time period perfectly. I'd agree with that. I've seen some some high-end rehauls that I don't think looked any better than the way Terry did them. And if not, they, it almost looked like he was trying too hard to make it look like a, like a Kirk replica as opposed to, you know, the mask, what it is. Um, and I feel like it, it hurt the overall look of it. Yep. I agree. All right. So now that we've kind of discussed the warlock, I think I want to talk about, maybe some more controversial stuff as pertains to CGP and more so the, the recasting incident with the, the authentic 75 Kirk. Um, I believe it belonged to Jay Allen. Um, do you have any kind of insight on that whole situation? Uh, my, my perspective is different than anybody's. Because I'm not particular to one side or the other. Okay? I can see both sides of the argument, but I'm somewhere right in the middle. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because I have no allegiance to either side. So for for you, for the guy down the street, for anybody listening to this, and for anybody that's made judgments about him or for him, look at it this way. There are two people in this entire world, only two, that know exactly what happened. Terry Lambert and Jay Allen. And if you really want to get even more technical than that, there's really only one person that knows exactly what happened, and that's Terry Lambert. I wasn't in his shop the people that call him a piece of shit and said he did this for a fact, they weren't in his shop. And the reason I look at it this way is because for everybody that has piled on me, for someone that has had to walk in those accusational shoes, once Mabry, Kaizu, and all of those MM.net dickheads 
set their sights on you, it doesn't matter whether you're guilty or innocent or somewhere in the middle. You're guilty if they want you to be guilty. And you're innocent if they want you to be innocent. So the way I look at it this this way is all we ever heard or saw from the J. Allen side was accusation after accusation after accusation. And then he would post the same pictures of his Kirk that was made, uh, that was published on his old website from, I think it was like 97, 98, some GeoCity site that he had or something way back in that day. So we saw the same pictures that was posted on the story of the night that he came home on that GeoCity site or whatever it was at that time in 98 that we saw when he threw out all the accusations towards Terry in, what was it, 2008? Was that, is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Okay, so you're telling me in nine or ten years that we didn't see another picture of that mask that we saw ten years prior, okay? We didn't even see the picture of it saying, hey, I'm sending this to CGP, here's some pictures that I sent Terry to show him where it's deteriorating, where I want him to correct it. We never saw any of that, did we? Nope. We saw one picture that was posted on Jay Allen's site from 10 years prior. True or false? It's true. Okay. So going off of that, the next picture that we see is the, is the mask that he supposedly got back. That was a recast, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So we saw the, the 10 year prior mask and then we see the, supposed recast who's to say who is to say for certain that the mask and the photos that he provided that so that is a supposed recast is not a foam filling of his original mask of it gone wrong yeah i, I don't know okay again i'm not saying that he didn't do it I'm not saying that he did do it. I'm just painting a different perspective. Unless you were in that shop and you know exactly what happened, or you're Jay Allen and you know truly what the condition of it was, or you post a picture of it, or if that ever surfaces of what it looked like before it left his shop, I'm saying there is too much evidence that's missing here to damn somebody, pardon the term, to damn somebody for something that we don't know what happened and we don't have all the evidence on. We don't know. Well, now there, there was we don't a know. Civil suit. What's I believe that? There was a civil suit. I, I believe there was a civil suit between Jay Allen and, and Terry. Do we know the outcome of that? Supposedly... I haven't, they've never released the amount, but supposedly Jay Allen won. Really? Because I have a friend who's a lawyer that had, that had looked up that case because I know exactly what you're talking about. You're you're saying supposedly, but I, but I had a lawyer friend of mine look up that case and he could find zero records of it. And he has all the back channels. 
that that's definitely interesting then and adds another layer to the to the mystery it it does and like i'm saying there are so many variables that are in play here that everything that is being accused is all circumstantial you know it's it's all uh speculation because none of us were there none of us saw one photograph or one shade of evidence before it left his house and went to Terry's shop, we don't even know what it looked like the day the day it left, or the day before it left, or when they were coming up with all these transactions, uh, potential transactions of, this is what I want you to do with it, this is the shape it's in, this is how I want it to get back to looking. We didn't see any of that when he was throwing him under the bus and making his case publicly. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying Jay Allen's a liar. But I'm I'm also not saying that he's innocent either. Same mm-hmm. thing with Terry. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm not I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm also not saying that he did do it because I don't know. So yeah. that's that's where I land. It, it, again, I don't think anybody has ever looked at it from that perspective. And if they have, they have they're they're definitely not going to talk about it because it's not popular. They're going to get roasted for, for, for talking about that. But if you really break it down, unless you saw him physically do it, and you know for a fact that he physically did it, take out all of the prejudice or all the, the, you know, the narrative of the story, the way it was pictured, because I'm sorry, there's been plenty of things that have been said about me that the way it was painted by the customer who's pissed at me, it makes it sound like it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for instance, I've talked about it before, uh, the Mike Shirley incident. You know, he bought a CGP V1H6 for me on a Sunday night and by Thursday, he's being a dick. And so I was a dick back. And I said, look, I'm just going to refund you your money. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't get it out in time. Okay? I'm going to ship it on Saturday. You don't. If that's not good enough for you, like it was three to four hours ago, fuck it. I don't care. Here's your money back. I don't need it that bad. So he went and blasted me on the site that I don't know what you're talking about and he went and blasted me on the site like I and, and he he put it all in the narrative like I attacked him and I did him wrong and it's like from the narrative's p- point of view yeah if I read that for the first time I look like a real fucking asshole but not not everybody got to see my side of the story until much later. And when they, when they saw that, they're like, dude, you were totally reasonable about it. He was the one being a dick. Now I have a different look on it. Okay, great. So, again, just because someone says something doesn't make it true. Just because something appears a certain way doesn't make it true. I think we get into this, and me included, if we really strip everything down, all of us as human beings we get into this element that if we see something that can be speculated upon or circumstantial, or if there's a narrative that paints enough of a picture, hell, it happens in politics on both sides of it. So 
when you really strip it all down, we all do it, but people are making accusations and saying, this guy is a piece of shit. Well, how do you know he's a piece of shit? Do you know him personally? Do you Have, have you ever sat down and, and drank a beer with him, hung out with him for any significant amount of time to know that this person's a dick? If the answer is no, then you have no right to ever make that, that assumption about somebody. You don't know him. Uh-huh. Well, then... What do you think of the other controversies that Terry's been involved in, like the the crypto and the um, I know there's something about him supposedly scamming people, claiming he had brain cancer or something like that. Well, I do know that the brain cancer thing. Um, um, again, he posted a picture of a scar at one point to from from his side of it. And that wasn't good enough for for people. He's posted, um, you know, obviously he's grayed out certain areas, which I don't I don't blame him. Medical hospital reports or whatever, um, and people still call him a liar. And again, I can only I can only speak for myself because there were people. I mean, you know this for a fact. There were people claiming that I recasted the SSN. Um, GPW and Curse Mask when I've proven that I paid Sean directly. Yeah. So people are going to make assumptions and opinions on anything that they want. And no matter what evidence or what truth or what um, proof people come out with to prove that 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 that's a narrative or that's a lie. Do you think that if let's say you and I were against each other on, on an opinion, I'm just going to have fun with this. Okay. You Mm. believe one thing to be true. I believe another thing to be true. Or I'm saying, Brandon, that's, that's not the way that it is. It's blah, 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 blah. Do you think in a public forum where we're all kind of faceless and we've got to basically keep peeing on the tree are you, as a proud man, going to step up and say, golly gee, you know what, I, I was wrong, Chris, I am so sorry, Chris, guys, Chris is 100% right. Nobody's going to do that. Maybe there's yeah. a, a very small handful of people that will do that, and that takes balls to do it. But for the majority of the people out there, they're not going to admit that they're wrong. They're still going to attack the narrative because they have to be right. Yeah, that's true. That can be said about anything, especially on, on social media. Yeah. And then once you've got a message board or a website full of jack offs that want to make sure that that person is a villain, again, it doesn't matter if you're right, wrong, or whatever. If they want you to be guilty, you're going to be guilty. Yeah. Once once the once the court of public opinion damns you, it's it doesn't matter what you do. Again, I'm not saying that he's innocent, I'm not saying he's guilty, but I think if you really look at it and say, you know what, it really boils down to this. I'm going to treat somebody based on how they've treated me. And if you've had great transactions with them, great. You know, keep keep it that way. You know, stop this shit of, well, my, well this person over here doesn't like this person, so I'm not going to buy from them. 
or I'm not going to associate with them because the narrative is this. Fuck, who gives a shit? It's like, <laughs> it's like everyone saying, um, newbies coming in all the time. What's the best H1 out there? Well, you're, you ask a, you ask a, a group of 1500 people, you're going to get 1500 different answers. Yeah. They're all right. They're all wrong. Depends on what your personal belief of it is. Exactly. So I know I say all the time, like, you know, if if you're happy with an overhauled Elrod, that's awesome, and I'm happy for you. That's that's great. If that doesn't, if that's not my thing, that doesn't matter. As long as you're happy with whatever you get, then what do I care if your mask costs two hundred dollars or costs two thousand dollars? It's whatever the person who owns the mask feels about it. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent, and. I know some people will probably listen to this and say, yeah, but you, you make comp- – no, I, if you ask my opinion or you, ask, you put it out in the public and an area for, for me to make an opinion, I'm going to give you one. May not, it may not be right in your mind, but hey, if, if you put it out there and ask the question, be, be prepared to get the answer from many different people. Exactly. It, it doesn't make it right. I could give you my thoughts on a mask. And I do, I do this with people all the time. People message me like, oh, so what did you think of this stuff? And it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's all right. It's whatever. But they think it's the greatest thing ever. That's awesome. You should get it. Yep. If it makes you happy and brings you joy and it's your money. Again, masks are entertainment. Okay? They're, they're entertainment. It's the same thing with a, with a sports franchise, with a movie ticket, who am I to tell you where to spend your entertainment dollar? You know, there's and that's a problem I've been seeing a lot lately with people people worrying about other people's wallets. Nothing gets me more riled up than when people say, "Oh, you know, you, it's ridiculous that people spend more than three hundred dollars on a piece of latex." That shit gets me riled up because it's just like. Why are you worrying about it? If you can't afford it or whatever, like you don't think it's worth it, that's great. But then keep your opinion to yourself because I'm not sitting there saying, "Oh, you, you, this cheap bastard's only paying, you know, sixty dollars plus two hundred dollars for a rehaul." Like, haha, what a loser! Like, that just bothers me. Don't worry about other people's bank accounts. Like, right? Ugh. You spend your entertainment dollar where you see fit, and exactly. You know, if if more people did that and just supported one another, and again, I mean, it's easier said than done. I mean, if uh, if frogs had wings, they wouldn't bump their asses every time they jump too. So, you know, um, it, it's just I I don't know, man. It like I can keep going round and round with this, but bottom line is, boils down to just buy what you like, do it, do what makes you happy. Don't don't be a douche, and you know just. Don't believe everything you see or everything that you hear or everything that you read. You know, it's, I think, I, I think whether I'm right, wrong, or indifferent, I give you a different perspective on potential other things that, that could have happened. Doesn't mean I'm right, but at the same time, I think I laid out a very logical thought process of, it really boils down to none of us were there, so therefore we we really don't have any business having any any opinion whatsoever on it. We don't. Yeah. None of us do. Yep. And if somebody is going to crucify uh, 
one artist for supposedly doing it or potentially of doing it, but they're going to praise like a Father Phantom Studios for recasting everything on this, uh, under the sun and get praise for it. Uh, well, then we, you got a big disconnect there. You got a big problem, and that shows that you're that you're only interested in attacking the ones you don't like. Hundred and ten percent. So, if it's if it's wrong for Terry, if it's wrong for Chris, if it's wrong for Nick, if it's wrong for whoever, it needs to be wrong for everybody and not always be consistent with it. And that's always been my point. Yep. That's always been my point that I argue because nobody is consistent. Everyone holds, you know, will bash someone for one thing and then an hour later praising another person on the post for on a post for doing the same exact shit. And that just irks me so much. Yep, exactly. But yeah, man, it was it was nice going down memory lane with you. Um, it was great to finally catch up again. Uh, I've definitely missed having you on, and uh, definitely wish I could have had you on for the H six episode. But we'll probably we'll probably cover H six in a different way some sometime in the future. I uh, definitely look forward to that. I I honestly I don't six all bad. Yeah, me too. I, and honestly, I don't even know what the episode would be about at this point. Because uh, outside of the masks and the movie mistakes, I really don't know what there is to talk about. But I'm sure if we can find an angle somewhere, we'll uh, we'll work it back in. That sounds even, good to me. I'll, I'll start looking up angles. <laughs> <laughs> even, even if we just do like a watch-along episode and just break it down scene by scene, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be awesome, yeah. It's not like so. it's that long of a movie. We've made episodes that are way longer than that. That's right. I mean, we're at an hour and 14 minutes right now, and uh, the movie's 88 minutes, so we're yeah, pretty much there. Almost there. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I'm going to get out of here. You you enjoy your weekend, and, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing what everybody thinks. Do you have anything that you want to close with? Um, no. You good. All right. Well, I'm going to go get some dinner. (laughs) Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Take care. You too.